Brad, are you prepared to make possibly the most ill-advised recorded podcast of all time? No, and I'm also not sure why I let you... I'm going to be much more careful about the things I say around you, because things that I intend as a throwaway, you hold me to, and now I had to do this. Welcome to The Unluckiest Dogs, our yearly rewatch podcast of You Lucky Dog, the Disney Channel original Spoiler movie. alert. It's not because it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, man, um, so stars Kirk Cameron as a guy who... Uh, has a special relationship with a dog. Well, that sounds bad. He whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's let's back that up. He this he dude, can communicate this, psychically with with a dog. Yeah. So, um, this was one of the first Disney Channel original movies. It wasn't the first one, was it? No, the first. No, because the first one was under wraps. Yeah. So, this is one of the first Disney Channel original movies. Um. But it's like number two or number three or something like that. It is. It's 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 in the top five or whatever. Well, no, first five. Let's not say top. Oh God, no top, <laughs> not top. First, first five. Numerically speaking, it is in the top five. For those of you that have never experienced this movie, this is a uh, this was nineteen ninety eight. It stars Kirk Cameron, Chelsea Noble, who is his wife, Kirk Cameron's wife, John Delancey. Christine Healy, Granville Van Dusen, Christine Cavanaugh, who is Chucky from Rugrats. Uh, that voice was rattling around in, in my brain, and we finally figured out that's Chucky. Um, it's then Taylor Negron, which you probably would recognize from other movies. He's he's kind of a... a a pretty good character actor. And then James Avery, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, the, uh, spoiler alert, the shining light of this movie. Uh, but yeah, he's in it. Oh, 100%. Steals, <laughs> steals every, uh, what, scene that he is in. But yeah, so this is a, this is Disney, the Disney Channel trying to get into the feature film uh, territory. And no, no, no. This is this is Disney Channel trying to get into TV movie territory. Yeah, Please, well, well, you, do you do you really think this was a feature film attempt? By it's a I, feature I, length I hope film. This wasn't. Oh, okay, okay. Feature length TV movie. How about that? Okay. Can 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 we settle on that? Agreed. Because I'm not. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. I just I I can't. I don't want to use the word film around what I. <laughs> what I saw, and by the way, by the way, this is not our this is not our first watch through of this. No, no, we watched it and said this is horrible. And I mean, I haven't gone back and listened to the tape, but I will agree that there was a there was a comment made that this should be an annual viewing for us, like a throwaway comment, and thus we had to do it because apparently you put reminders in your phone or something. I sure did. That was over oh, a year goodness. ago. And and so so here we find ourselves. So Jeremy how did you how did you find the film or the movie the the event this time around? So about 2 thirds of the way through I found myself saying this movie would actually be kind of sweet if the premise wasn't so weird because 
the so okay let's just let's dive into the plot or you give me your give me your uh overview what's your what's your one-liner review my my one sentence review is this movie is off the rails bonkers and i cannot understand like uh, like you i i see glimmers of a coherent and possibly good story in here but it is so lost in everything else yeah. that that goes on in this movie so yeah like as you were saying we open uh, on a montage of magazine covers and articles about this kid that can talk to his dog and read his dog's mind. Uh, and uh, we then we, you know, come into his office. He's a dog therapist. And this is Kirk Cameron now. Um, he's a dog therapist, and he's right in the middle of a session. And we, we come into the office and see that he is straight up asleep. And, you know, it... it it, the movie does a really good job of of showing without telling you that he's a fraud, which is you know nice. I mean the the they don't have a bunch of exposition talking about how you know he's I I'm faking this so everybody so everybody thinks I can talk to dogs. They show you these mon this montage, which is kind of exposition, I guess, and then you just go in and see like oh no yeah as an adult now he can't do it anymore. Well, they had to, they did have to in their in their defense. Oh gosh, am I going to have to start coming to the defense of this already? In their defense, they did have to show you why he would suddenly be a dog psychiatrist, sure. right? No, no, no. And, but I'm and... I'm applauding them for not having exposition, not having right. two characters say. Hey, did you hear about that guy that could talk to his dog? And now he's, you know, now he's a fraud psychiatrist. They just let you figure it out. So I did like that. Um, and we see the first couple who's brought their dog in there. And they, they, you know, the husband is not having it. And he goes in and sees Kirk Cameron asleep while their dog is eating too, you know, eating food uh, off of a plate on the, on the tabletop and stuff. And, um, then we get an old man and his driver come in. This is where we find. Wait, 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 wait. We you, you can't you can't skip past this guy says, I know the mayor and I'm going to have you shut oh, down. Yeah. Yeah. So that in, was in what in what world does the mayor like? So, so I guess the, the mayor could pull some strings. The mayor is the mayor is uh, later in my notes. Um, uh <laughs> But yeah, that's that's a wild threat to someone. Um, hey, I'm close personal friends with the mayor. I'm going to have your business shut down. Um, but yes, so that the husband does say that, and then we we meet the old man and, and the driver, which is Uncle Phil, and they have a dog named Lucky who has been acting weird. And Kirk Cameron, like something about Lucky, sparks this ability for him to read a dog's mind and. He can do it again with Lucky, and and so that's that, it. Freaks Kirk Cameron out. He kicks the guy. You know, he he takes the dog out. He tells the guy, "Don't worry about it." You know, whatever he, and then the dog gives him some information that only you know that Kirk Cameron would have no idea about, and that's how we kind of understand that. Oh yeah, this is legitimate. Uh, this is a legitimate thing that he can do now. Just in and, case, and you also didn't understand. the. The, the dog makes little moves with its head uh, and he and he starts, you know, they they 
what have like some sound cues i think to, yeah i think to I, let you know i think the head movements are meant to just be a visual repre- representation that the dog is talking to him because oh, yeah. later in the movie like the dog makes little head movements and and apparently conveys sentences worth of information um so i think the dog is like really actually talking to him but yes yeah, he makes little like shakes and nods and stuff we do get exposition where he's talking to the receptionist and she says well you haven't been able to do that since you were 14 that's true or that's true whatever whatever age it was which I, again i'm not it was 14 brad and you you your memory is like a steel trap i i'm not dunking on them for that because it had to be done honestly the first third of this movie i think probably third somewhere somewhere around there maybe the first quarter i don't know i wasn't wasn't keeping that close there was a period of time in this movie where i looked at it and went why were we so hard on this movie right yes yes okay i think we are going to have the same type of of reaction to watching this again um I do want to say, though, right after this happens, we get a two weeks later, and this is where the mayor has come in and shut down his business. Now, the, yeah, and, and like you said, why is the, one, why is the mayor caring about this guy? If he's paying his taxes and stuff, I, I don't think the mayor cares at all. Two. Which, which, we, which we do know he's behind on all of his bills because the secretary was saying something about the check falling out of the envelope, which... Uh, I mean, spoiler alert, I most uh, most creditors and whatnot are not going to 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 buy that one. Yeah, just, that's, just that's quite let you know. I'm letting you know, sending an empty envelope, probably not going to work for you. But yeah, and two, this mayor has gone two weeks. It, it only took two weeks for this guy to get the message from his close personal friend. And to have this dog therapist shut down like this, this mayor deserves reelection. He acts fast. Yeah. And, and $50, man, that will, that will finally get the wheels moving, you know, because that is, that is what he charges for a session, right? Mm -hmm. I think I, at some point the the $50 is thrown around. I'm like over $50. Like you're going to ruin. I, I don't know that. That whole thing, like, not the guy, right? I get why the guy would be upset, but the mayor, like, you're, like, I call you, and I'm like, hey, this this guy just bilked me out of 50 bucks. Would you say, Brad, you should go get your money back, or, you know what, I'm going to have his entire business shut down. Let me let me uh, lean on some people that I know yeah. to get a couple of inspections done. Like, Just for you, buddy. Just for you. I'm going to shut this guy's whole business down and ruin his life. I don't. I don't know that. That that was. Uh, but I, you know, I guess you had to have some way for the story to move forward. Yeah, because except uh, so it that does, works. It doesn't ruin his life because uh oh, the old man died, and Uncle Phil shows up and. I don't even know the, the character's name in the movie. I'm just going to call him Uncle Phil. Well, Uncle Phil shows I, up. I think that's fair because I don't remember. Like, by the way, by the way, we're both coming in hot here. We literally opened up the the call and said, "All right, let's record." And I'm coming off about 30 minutes after finishing my viewing. Oh, mine and stopped I don't know, at nine. You... Mine was over at nine twenty six. And we started. We 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 got on at nine thirty. So yeah. you're you're super fresh. Yeah. And that neither of us 
I'm I'm trying to think. Windsor was the old man's name. Lucky was the dog's name. I can't remember any yeah. and the old man else's name. The old man is credited as Mister Windsor. He doesn't even get a first name. Well, that's the that's the only way that they refer to him. Yeah. Now, if I go look at Uncle Phil, if I go look Uncle at Phil's IMDb, character is Calvin Bridges. His name was okay, Calvin I do, Bridges. I do vaguely remember Calvin and and you know, like I see Jack Morgan as Kirk Cameron. Like again, I can look at all these names and be like, oh yeah, that's who that was. But but this is I mean, this is the kind of highbrow movie where the characters' names don't matter too much. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky is the dog. Yeah, that's, and that's the one. Pretty much. Pretty much all you need to know. Yeah, you got Dog Whisperer, Lucky, Lawyer, Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil. But next, who week... is who is bonkers? Like just just rolls with all the punches. Yeah. No, he's a good guy. Good dude. Um, but. So next, we meet the family. Apparently, Mr. Bridges was extremely rich, and so he had two or three family members who were really banking on getting his fortune when he died. And so we meet them. Um, one of them is described as Sniveling Lyle, the big numbskull, which I think is a really great sick burn to do from beyond the grave. Right. Like... There's really nothing better than being at your uncle's, uh, <clears throat> being at your uncle's will reading, and being addressed as Sniveling Lyle, the big numbskull. Um, there's a woman who, again, I cannot remember her name, but she is like a generic rich lady. Is the the best way I could describe her? Very that, that had to that had to be basically what the. Uh, call sheet, you know, or the <laughs> the you know posting was for the for this character, rich woman. generic, rich lady, <laughs> yes. And then Ruben, played by Taylor Negron, uh, who is a wonderful actor. He plays the best, like dingaling bad guy in every movie he's in. Taylor Negron is a national treasure. I love him so much, but he. He is. Uh, oh, he's the he's the he's the like. Was he the brother or the step? I don't know. He's in Biodome. I remember him from Biodome. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's just he's a character actor, and he is in tons of stuff, and he always plays the same character, and he's so good at it. But his name's which, Ruben. which by the by the way, uh, you know, because I have IMDb open, I can I can look things like that up. IMDb says Biodome is point three. So 4.6 stars for You Lucky Dog versus 4.3 for Biodome. I would much rather that I had watched Biodome for the last <laughs> hour and a half than watching You Lucky Dog. Nope, so, my wife just texted me from the other room and said he was a national treasure and Ruben or Taylor Negron is, is passed okay. away. So, Oh, well, that's sad because, yeah, he he is a he is another one of those like kind of is a bright spot in this in this film mm -hmm. i feel like just because he's got the facial expressions and like you said he just plays the dope really really well so well so this is where we find out that um the the lady or the sniveling lyle the big numbskull he got nothing zero things the lady got a full-length mirror 
because she was because so, she's vain. so vain. And Reuben got his favorite big chair. He he really I always liked that chair. Yeah. Um, and then we then it is announced that the dog gets all the money and it's been placed in a trust. And so they get none of the money or property or anything except for their, you know, chair and mirror. And the dog gets everything else. He gets all the he gets all the money and the and the uh the mansion and everything. And Kirk Cameron, the dog whisperer, who, you know, the who to whom the dog spoke and gave him the information about the three people at his house who were causing trouble for Mr. Bridges. Um Kirk Cameron is the trustee of the will or of the trust. And so he gets to through the dog, make all the decisions. So this is the basic. Which when, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm bequeathing piles of money, I, I definitely think I would want to do it to the person that I had met for 10 minutes, 10 minutes, two weeks ago, whose business is now shut down by the mayor. (laughs) He has a bad track. By the way, don't they, they they start out with uh they open up on that will reading scene with being of sound body and mind do, do, how how do you how do you put together i gave my money to the dog and his uh mind reading therapist and sound body and mind yeah so my notes this is literally the order of my notes Taylor Negron is a great dingling bad guy. Next thing. Turns out rich guy was a dingling too. Next line. Dog gets money. Yep. That's, so, that's basically where we are. Yeah. Not great. But, uh, but still, but still, I feel like at this point, movie that I'm looking at going, why would we say that we would want to, like, why would this be worthy? This is going to be a pointless recording because watching this yearly there's there's just not enough here there's not enough meat on the bone yeah. to chew on and to gnaw on to to really get a good podcast Be- out of it because at this point all we have is this kind of screwball comedy idea man you know man dies leaves all his money to his dog and then you have these three family members who want the money how, what are they going to do how are they going to how are they going to make sure that they can get the money because uh, that they you know they gotta they gotta get it away from the dog right that's the that's the premise of the movie right now which and, you've and you've seen this movie a yeah, hundred times for sure it's knives out that's what my wife said when we were watching the beginning she said this is knives out with the dog you know and that's 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 just a modern version of this story like you said there's a million different versions of this plot where there's a lot of money left to a person who doesn't deserve it according to the family and then they are trying to figure out a way to get the money from them but when when we cut to the mansion and Kirk Cameron is meeting with the lawyer and she tells him you're the trustee you get to move in here you have to live here this is the beginning of of what I would consider the problematic uh, plot points of this movie. Maybe the problem, so, the things that are, that are not great start happening at this point in the movie. Um, we get the, the man child, Kirk Cameron, uh, taking a bath in, in this weird bathtub. Can we, can we talk for a second about 
the bedroom slash master bath of this house and how the bedroom just kind of slowly morphs into a bathtub that's on a pedestal but built into the pedestal and there's zero privacy and I guess if you lived alone it'd be fine but like it's just one big room with like a big tile pedestal bathtub in it it's very very weird now and and I will say I've never owned a mansion before so I don't know if this is like standard mansion stuff but well I will it's definitely strange to me that I've stayed in a hotel that had like the the whirlpool bath in the room or whatever and it was weird there not nearly as opulent as what this was of (laughs) course but it was weird there and also mold and mildew man just like that that constant like kind of wet smell to everything it's it's not great it's not great at all also i mean i don't know how old mr windsor is right yeah but i didn't think about that He's not a he's not a young guy. Should he be walking uh, down these marble steps with marble wet steps? Feet? Marble, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, and I don't recall there being you know any sort of like handrails or you know one of those little uh, the the chairs you know that goes <laughs> up yeah. and down. OSHA the was stairs. certainly not considered when this bathroom was constructed. No, no, not not at all, not at all. Well, I think I think what was considered was what would be funny. Oh wait, we want him to to be in this huge bathtub full of full of bubbles, uh, and we we need a we need something funny out of this. So let's let's build it right in the bedroom, just to, so people can go. Oh wow, definitely rich, right? Like that's that was what they said there. Yep. Yep. Let, what's the most opulent thing you can think of? All right, let's do it. But this scene is where we get the first uh the first problem let's say uh lucky wants to he needs to go outside to go to the bathroom and kirk cameron takes him outside and the dog you know they they go through the whole like oh, is that the spot you're gonna pick and the dog like huffs at him he says oh i'm sorry uh, whatever um like they're having a conversation and then lucky remembers that he buried a bone and he can't remember where the bone is and Lucky gets very excited. And then Kirk Cameron starts to like wiggle his butt a little bit. And then we find out that any time that Lucky gets very, very excited, uh, Kirk Cameron channels the dog and becomes a dog himself. And we you know the then the housekeeping staff comes outside and sees Kirk Cameron and Lucky both digging in the yard trying to find this bone and this is this is where the problems begin for me this is well this is i don't know what this is where the problems i mean yeah i guess to i guess to some extent the problems this is also where i went oh yeah that's that's why we thought that's that's why this movie went so low on the list is because it started doing stuff like this it's just the yeah him channeling the dog is is ridiculous i mean and the manner the manner in which he channels the dog god bless kirk cameron that man really committed to the bit and for this for this disney channel original movie he really committed to the bit and so he's digging in the ground he's got his mouth down there his face is all covered in dirt um 
I it just makes me really uncomfortable and I don't I don't I don't like that aspect of this movie at all but long story short Lucky finds the bone and then he and and Kirk Cameron go on a bender in the house they go back inside they go on a bender they just completely destroy trashing everything a room in the house they like ripping up the couch they chewing on shoes Uh, it's 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 crazy and kirk cameron wakes up you know it's like the in the hangover when everybody wakes up and they're like oh man i can't even remember what i did last night except it's kirk cameron and a dog and (laughs) (laughs) and uncle phil's mad because his shoe got chewed up are you do you ever do you ever think about the words that come out of your mouth because <laughs> I mean just just think about the 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 words that just came out of your mouth. And by the way the the housekeeper's apparently left in the left in the middle of the night. And yeah, Uncle Phil th- this is this is where Uncle Phil is weird to me because he shows up with all of this happening do, apparently doesn't believe that Kurt like if you believed that 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 Kirk Cameron was actually channeling the dog, okay, he is he is bonkers, but there's a reason behind the bonkers, and you're maybe okay with it because there's a reason behind the bonkers. But if you don't believe that he's channeling the dog, what do you think about the dude that you that that that's like laying on the floor in the middle of a bunch of torn up furniture covered in dirt and he's been digging and and i think he says something about what it's like the first time i i i locked my door and stayed awake all night or something like that no so that that, he was that that, concerned for his safety that's a little later the the first conversation that happens uncle phil walks in the room and kirk cameron and the dog are both sitting there and and he says you know what happened and he, you know, Kirk Cameron says something like, we got a little, you know, things got out of control or something. And he starts to to say, like, I, you know, when Lucky gets very excited, sometimes, you know, I get very excited, blah, blah, blah. And he says, and I can, you know, talk to the dog, right? And Uncle Phil says, well, then why don't you ask him why he chewed up my, you know, whatever brand new Italian leather loafers. And Kirk Cameron looks oh, at the yeah. dog and he tells him, he says he couldn't resist himself. He lo- or he couldn't resist. He loves Italian he loves food. Italian food. And then Uncle Phil's reaction to that is, oh, yeah? Huh. Yeah, I'll go make us a pot of coffee. Like, he just totally <laughs> right. like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They're, if there's one thing I know about these loafers is they do taste like ravioli. I'll go make a pot of Jeremy, coffee. Jeremy, Jeremy, I, I have a question for you. Do you think that there is maybe the possibility that that James Avery made the decision that his character was inebriated <laughs> at all times <laughs> during during his, you know like basically he just said you know maybe maybe he's he's so grief-stricken by his his boss, you know, passing away unexpectedly, that he's just drunk that, all the time. I I mean, I, okay, 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 okay. What's your explanation for why he goes <laughs> along with this stuff? I cannot because 
I, I'm grasping at straws here, bud. I cannot uh, disagree with that. I think I think probably either James Avery or who one of the writers said this character is just going to have to be ridiculously and unbelievably like a cool guy and just roll with it because this is my boss now and okie doke this you know this job pays well or whatever his job must pay so well yeah so well to put up with what he's going and like i said to ostensibly at this point to put up with a dude that is straight up looney tunes yeah, because and, he doesn't believe that he's channeling the dog. And over coffee is when he he says the line, "Yeah, that's the first time I've ever locked my door and slept with the lights on." Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that that was a yeah. I just remembered something about that, and I'm like, "And you stayed?" Yeah. The housekeepers didn't. They left. They were done. They said he was crazy, and they both they both left. But yeah, old Uncle Phil. He he's a he's a believer. So at this point in the in the movie, we go back to the nephews and niece, and they're talking to a lawyer about what they can do. And the guy says, "Well, the the will or the law is that um, if you can if you can prove that he's like mentally incompetent or something, then you know you're good to go, and and you can you can get the money for yourself." Which telling these three people like it's your job to make you know to deem this person incompetent is a joke because these three people are the most incompetent people ever put on screen but well, anyway but the thing is the thing is he doesn't tell them to prove that he he says just avoid him and i will prove he's right incompetent. yeah if you give me 30 percent, which would be such an easy task for this guy to do sure he's a lawyer i'm i'm pretty sure yeah yeah but they don't. Oh my gosh. They the Lyle the was it sniveling Lyle the big numbskull says why don't we just do it we can do it ourselves and save the thirty percent and so then they embark on their task of trying to prove that Kirk Cameron is incompetent which, which by the way Lyle by the way sniveling once Lyle prove, please yeah sniveling Lyle the num the big numbskull <laughs> once <laughs> once you prove that he's incompetent. How who are you going to sh- who are you going to tell? Oh wait, that's right, a judge. Right. And and, and and what and what would you be doing? Oh, that's right, a hearing. And you need like, you're still a gonna lawyer. Need a lawyer. <laughs> because trust me, based on what I've seen of this movie, you do not need to be representing yourself. Oh, oh my gosh, I totally forgot when we were talking about uh, them digging in the yard. Why does Kirk Cameron have a Christian Bale style Batman voice? as the dog yeah yeah he yeah he switches well because somehow we have to be able to know the difference between when the un what possessed i think <laughs> dog is whisper the, is speaking what does one of the the housekeepers say like we're pretty sure you're possessed by the devil or something that's a good line yeah 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 <laughs> well i'm going to leave we're pretty i'm pretty sure you're possessed by the devil or something to that effect I don't remember the exact line, but yes, that that one was a good one. And the, oh, there was another good line too when they were talking when the the siblings are discussing uh, hatching their own plan to prove that he's incompetent. Sniveling Lyle says, "If Lucky becomes unlucky, then you know we can do whatever we want." And Reuben 
Dylan DeGrand says. Who is, a, who is a gem? Who is a gem in this film, by the way? He says, all we have to do is change the dog's name? <laughs> Just make his name unlucky and everything's great. That's all we have to do. I'll call the kennel club right now. Right? Yeah, I, th- I thought all we have to do is change the dog's name was a very good joke. But yeah, then the hijinks ensue. Uh, there is a there's a scene that's a bit of a chase where Lucky and Kirk Cameron are sticking their head out the window of the car and the siblings are all in a Volkswagen bus because one of the one of the plot points is they have no money themselves. Their money was all a result of their uncle having money and giving it to them and so they're cut off until they can prove that Kirk Cameron is incompetent. And so they don't have any money right now. So they're driving this old beat up VW bus and what do you do? when you need one person to drive and another person to hold the camera is you give the camera to the dum-dum Ruben and trust him to be recording all this because man, I mean, of course, what other, what other way would you do? Well, I mean, why, why wouldn't you do it that way, Jeremy? I, what are you, what are you trying to imply, man? Were you going to let Ruben drive? No, but there was a third person who's not quite as dumb as Ruben is that could maybe have held the camera or at least checked I it. I mean, I mean, well, well, and and we didn't discuss why the car chase gets to ensue in the first place, which is the dog has decided it wants to go to the mall. That's true. And so we're just going to go to the mall because, you know. Right, and and nobody has an issue with the big dog running around the mall. If we're bought into the plot, I mean, Kirk Cameron literally has to do everything the dog says to do. So if the dog wants to go to the mall, let's go to the mall. And Uncle Phil's driving them, and uh, they are because because he is because he is still way too far gone to care about any of this stuff anymore. Oh yeah, he's got a little flash he's just, in his pocket for sure. Yep, yeah, yeah, no. He no, he's got like a he's got like a little handle in his pocket or something <laughs> to put up with this stuff. But they this this is the first of of a couple of times in the movie where there is very clearly incompetent behavior on display but because of the far more far greater incompetence of the siblings they can't prove it they all see that kirk cameron's acting like a dog but they can't prove it to anyone else and it's a he said she said thing because reuben forgot to put a tape in the in the video camera and so they didn't get any footage and they also did a hit and run uh with the jeep <laughs> right yeah and, and ran and ran away from yeah and just Nobody, I, I never see them These get taken felons. away for that. This, yeah, the, you would think that a judge, after the after the hearing was over at the end of the movie, would say, like, also, did you guys commit a hit and run? Right. you got to go to jail. So, yeah, they trust Ruben with the camera. The camera doesn't record anything. They get to the mall, and I will say, at the, when they were at the mall going to the furniture store, buying all the furniture that the dog wanted, they went to the pet store or whatever, I, I did think to myself, you know, uh, Kirk Cameron, at least in this movie, is honest. He never went on a shopping spree on his own. You know, he didn't tell anybody, well, the dog wanted me to get, uh, you know, 20 big screen TVs and ton, you know, tons of beers and, and stuff like that. Like he he has been a pretty straight up dude the whole time. Even if this is this is true, so I'm just saying, like he's an honest person. They go 
they go to the furniture store, they buy a $5,000 sofa and, you know, lots more things. Then they go to the pet store and they buy a, you know, I think, I think he later says hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Um, and this is where I thought to myself, this is the, this is the point when they are, they're sitting on the couch, I think. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, this, this movie would be really sweet if the premise wasn't so strange. Cause I had just, you know, you, you see the weird dog mimicry stuff and then you see like Kirk Cameron actually having a moment with this dog and uncle Phil's there too. And it's just like, yeah, you know what? There's a there's a sweet little comedy in here about a guy. A, a moment where uh, just wants to take care of the dog. Yeah, he just wants to do right by this old man who really loved this dog. And but then, yeah, it's just so very strange. But then, but then the but then the rest of the the rest of the movie starts happening. <laughs> and this is by by the way, in the mall is also where we see. Um, who is who is the Allison or whatever like the lady right the lawyer the, the lawyer yeah lawyer lady yeah she yeah because she needs she needs to get some paperwork signed so she comes so she says yeah I'll meet you at the mall with my kid uh to get you to to sign this paperwork and then starts going around the mall with him and Lucky and then they go to the food court. And Lucky gets excited because he smells what, like Asian food or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, wa- uh, China Walk Tommies or something. Dumpling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, I don't know. It's it's a it's it's, it's weird. It's, it's a it's it's some some Chinese food place or Asian food or or whatever. Think about this, Brad. As a as a film in the filmmaking process, this is Kirk Cameron looking at his wife. Which they had been married for, I think my wife my wife told me like six or seven years by this point. He's looking at his wife, acting like a dog, sniffing at the air, saying things like, "Oh, sweet and sour chicken!" Like how uncomfortable! I just can't. I can't even imagine how uncomfortable I would be if that's, I had to that, look Jeremy, my wife in the Jeremy, eye and act like a dog. That's because you are not an actor. Yeah. I okay. Guess so. If you. If you knew how to just step into the moment and to fully realize yourself become as lucky. a dog whisperer, then then you're not looking at your wife. You're looking at the lady that you've been trying to hit on. Because I mean, like, he's trying to hit on her, right? Like sure. we're we're all we're all very clearly aware of that. So you're looking at the lady that you're trying to hit on and suddenly saying these so it still doesn't it still doesn't make any sense. Though, by the way, She's going to continue to be enamored by this guy. Yeah. Again, the the most bonkers part of this entire film is that people are okay with I don't that the 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 family should not be responsible for saying that this guy is mentally unstable because there should be people all around that are saying that this guy is mentally unstable. And and at the end of the movie when she's representing him in the hearing and she gets mad at him because he didn't because he didn't tell her about this, you know, condition he has or whatever. It's like, lady, you saw it. Right. You it saw was, it happening. It was on, you were there. It was on full display. As he's saying By the this way, stuff in the hearing, you should be like, oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. How, how, is it, how is it that nothing 
comes up as a result of the food court fracas, as I as I would like to call it. Because Uncle Phil just slipped security a couple hundred and said, just don't don't worry about this. It's like it never happened. Because they are they he and the dog are going hog wild eating eating food from the Tommy Johnny Walk whatever the name of the place was, and then they decide they're going to start eating food scraps, and then they're fighting over... Yeah, and then they're fighting over food, and then security comes and pulls him out of a garbage can. Like, uh, with with a huge crowd of people all around. And admittedly, I did have to remind myself that this was filmed in, what, the... This would be like early 90s, or no, late 90s. 1998. Yeah, so this was pre, you know, because there's no way, like nowadays, that the movie would have to end right there, because then there would be a million videos of this dude on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, every major platform, you know, would have would have all the coverage of this guy, and he would be found mentally incomp- incompetent right there. Oh yeah, this is definitely pre pre iPhone world. Yeah. This the because that that would be just a slam dunk case, uh, but man, like she was she was there, she was there, yeah, and she saw it. She saw it. She didn't care. She's complicit for sure. She's not. She's not protecting her child from this guy. Man, I'm a, I'm a little concerned. Oh my gosh! So then we get the then we get the robbery scene. Oh, that's this th- this scene. <laughs> took forever. That's my my only note about it is this scene should be about half as long as it really is. You basically get at, so one at you least get a, half as long. You get a bunch of ding dongs like sneaking Maybe around a, a house. But two, you get the apparently one mischiefy capery song. I guess that they could license played over and over and over and over again. The soundtrack of this part is. This song on a loop, man, and I'm like, okay, this is the one good song, I guess. They they spent all their money on dirt. I don't know. I don't know what they spent all their money on, but they didn't have any money left over to license other music. Oh, and and also, can we talk about how Lyle, the sniveling big numbskull, is suddenly an expert at electronics? Yeah, he's an electrician now. Yeah, because they because they they walk up to the house, they open the panel on the side of the house. By the way, remember this is a guy who's a millionaire. His house looks like a castle, and he's like, "I'm gonna cut the phones and the alarm." And so he pops open the panel, cuts a couple of wires, uh, you know, and suddenly the alarm, the entire alarm system just goes dark because apparently, when the alarm system suddenly isn't responsive anymore. That doesn't alert anybody. Yeah, so this and is 1998, says, and the phones do exist. So you could call well, but somebody. He the, yeah, yeah, but he cut the phones, and oh, they don't. There, there's no such, there's no such thing as anything that's not a landline, man. And there's no such thing as neighbors or true. or anything like that. And then he says, you know, oh, and this will take out the lights, and you know, hits I, what I assume is the master break or something, which starts sparking. Uh, which, by the way, not safe. Not Mm-mm. safe if you're if. If you start seeing like showers of sparks coming out when you start flipping breakers, please contact an electrician. It shouldn't it shouldn't do that. It but shouldn't spark and it just, shouldn't be loud either. <laughs> right. I was watching this going, which of these three people should be at all capable 
of doing the things that they're doing right now. Like none of the, and where did they get, where did they get, uh, they don't have any money, right? They had to drive around in the, the beat up VW and they're staying at the, the like super, super cheap motel. But yet suddenly they all have like all black clothing oh, yeah, to they wear got the outfits going. They got, they, they've got face paint and then they have like multiple trank darts on them <laughs> With air-powered trank guns. Yeah. I don't... You... I can't... I, I I can't even tell you where I would go to get a trank gun and trank darts. And I I mean, I don't think it's cheap. Is it cheap? Is it cheap to get trank... Man, I, I just don't know, but I don't think it's cheap to get trank darts and trank guns. It can't be any cheaper than a new skirt would have been for that lady to buy. And right. We'll, which we'll talk about which, it. Oh yeah, yep. But no, man, this this scene was just so long, so drawn out, and they all end up shooting each other. Yeah, whatever store sold these people weapons should lose their license because yeah, they got no, well, they got no muzzle discipline. They got no nothing. They just are shooting well, willy nilly. Oh, horrible. And they're they're all able to shoot each other, right? <laughs> But then, but then, when when they ask Kirk Cameron later, you know, did you see who it was? And he's like, I, I know the scent. I know the scent. Well, you wouldn't believe me. You know, that's what he tells the that's what he tells the detective. But it was too dark to see them. And I'm like, if it was too dark to see them, how were they all so good at shooting each other? Because they never they well never mind. They did miss once, right? When they're trying to shoot the dog and the dude who is standing upright in front of them but every other time there these these darts are hitting home each and every time yeah my problem with that was that they it, we did see as the audience that it was not too dark to see well and they did a, but that's, they did that's a poor job a, of portraying the darkness of yeah, that of, of, that of selling like i get that it has to be bright enough for the audience to see but you can't you can't have it all you know go both ways like that I don't know, man. It's it's just but yeah. So they mm. they trank the lady twice. Shoot and one the into the yeah, and then they shoot one into the as our the, as our good buddy Forrest likes to say. And then they shoot one into the huge dog bone that Kirk Cameron is using as a weapon. And uh, yeah, it's it's Lyle a, Lyle takes Lyle takes one to the leg, true, right? True. And um, Ruben takes one to the arm, and see, I can only I can only remember that because it's it's interesting the the rate at which uh, tranquilizer apparently is taken in by the body, because Lyle is hit in the leg and spends the majority of the rest of that scene kind of like dragging his leg. Meanwhile, the other two are hit. And we don't see any negative effects. But then when they all in the very next scene, they're going to show up at the lawyer's office, uh, you know, because they have reconsidered this whole situation. And they are, you know, Lyle's still dragging his leg. But at that point, Ruben has his arm in a sling and she can't sit down in the chair properly. Which I feel but without like, that, I wouldn't I wouldn't know. I feel like if you got hit in the butt with two tranquilizer darts, you're just asleep. You're I mean, just, you're just how, are, how are you not? 
By by the way, by the way, Lyle said that one of those darts was going to knock the dog out cold. This is not a small <laughs> animal. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I I feel like one tranquilizer dart is going to make you feel a little woozy. But yeah, that she didn't just hit the ground like, and and and, and that it took her so long to feel the effects of it. Were they going to hit the dog and wait thirty minutes for it to take effect or right. something? Well, and and what's the what's the effect of a tranquilizer dart? Is it hurting? Because that's would that's what would make you not be able to sit down. Did her butt hurt from getting shot with a tranquilizer dart, or did she get tranquilized? Because those are two different right. in things. In which case, in which case, it's just like I I don't know, man. I don't know this. The again that that scene was too long. That scene was wait oh, so man. ludicrously. Too that long. was definitely padding. Someone, someone wanted the film to take this, up this, two this hours. This movie lasted eighty nine minutes, and somebody wanted right? it to be a two hour block on Disney Channel. And they yeah. said, with so, ads, it needs with, to be with ads one hundred and twenty minutes, and and we need you know whatever. What would that be? Thirty one minutes of advertisements. You make it make it eighty nine minutes long. And they said, okay, we'll make a really very long robbery scene that nets them uh, nothing. And and they probably took like four commercial breaks in it when it was showing on the Disney Channel, and you never knew the difference. But after that, they go back to the lawyer and tell him, like, hey, we can't do this on our own. We actually do need you to help us. And he says, great, it's 50% now instead of 30 So he's upped his price. Uh, and these people are stupid because they're yeah I don't I don't know man like they should have just taken taken the thirty percent not made everything go crazy though I mean uh, I know I know this is gonna surprise everybody but somehow they're not gonna get the money when it all comes down to the when it you know when they're suddenly in the courtroom but they absolutely should have been able to. I don't I don't know. This leads us to the most unbelievable thing about this whole movie. This trial starts in what seems like a day. In the justice system in the United States of America, it would be like three years later when they would see a judge finally. And Kirk Cameron would have a beard, the dog would maybe be dead. Like I don't know, but this trial starts so fast and I was just like, That's this is the the most ludicrous part of this whole this whole movie is the justice system hey, wait, moving wait, this wait. swiftly. That does, that does bring something up to me. How old do you think Lucky is? Oof. I mean, eight? Probably. Maybe maybe nine? The, the old guy's got a pretty deep connection to him. So, yeah. Right. But I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying on the on the young side, right? Let's say eight well, or nine. I don't know. I mean that's kind of old for a for a big dog, right? But that's what I that yeah okay. So let's even say six, okay? They they I mean I don't I'm sorry I don't want to be morbid here, but time will eventually take its toll. Right? Yeah, what happens and, to the trust when the dog dies? That's an interesting right. question. Hmm. But I guess I guess they try to sell that to us with these people cannot just cannot live without being in the lap of luxury. So they can't wait that long or yeah, something. She uses I imported don't. shampoo, Brad. 
Oh, uh, that's that's and true. She has never slept on anything less than one hundred percent silk bed sheets. The cotton at the Super uh, Eight is just not doing it for her. Right. Oh man, but yeah. So so they go to trial and bring out a cavalcade of people that say that this guy is mentally unfit. It's literally every which, character from the movie just comes back. It's like the finale of Seinfeld. It's every single right. character that has ever been in this movie comes back and is on the stand. Which and, and is basically saying what we've said, which is it would it would be pretty easy to say that this guy was bonkers based on the actions that you've seen him do. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that's what they say. We saw the actions that he did, and he looked pretty bonkers to us. And they make a good point. This is this third act. So so far, we've gone through Act One, which is like, oh, this might be an okay movie. To Act Two, that's like, oh man, that's kind of weird. You know, some of this stuff is getting a little a little bit strange to act three, the trial, which is where the thing just goes off the rails completely. And I know that this is a low budget TV movie, but man, it just takes a, it takes a hard right turn at this point and never gets back on track. It's like this lawyer guy is the catalyst that just takes it over the edge. Yeah. Just, I don't, I, I mean, this this should have been an easy case, right? This yeah. should have been this should have been a quick case once you finally got it there. But then they can't just they they just can't drive it home. Basically, every for some witness, reason. the housekeepers come back. Like every witness that's there says, "Yeah, we saw this guy acting like a dog." And then they question even, Uncle Phil. Even Uncle Phil. And Uncle even Phil Uncle Phil has to get on the stand. Does his say, best. Yeah. As the hero of this movie, Uncle Phil does his best to not answer the question. And it's not until he's asked directly, under oath, did you witness this guy acting like a dog, does he actually say yes. So again, as the hero in the shining light of this movie, Uncle Phil tries his best to not incriminate Kirk Cameron. And and, and tries to pull this movie from the wreckage and put it on his back and carry it. And it's just, the movie does not want it to happen. It, uh, it loves, it loves where it's at. Um, also, I don't, I don't know who the judge was, but she looks familiar. Like she's been on a lot of TV stuff and I, and I like her. So oh, yeah, she's a great judge. Way, she's got a, she's got yeah. like that real sassy judge voice down. Yeah. She's, she, she, she nailed doing the judge. And so the answer to all of our problems is, We'll put we'll put Kirk Cameron on the stand and he will channel Lucky, which by the way, he just just put yourself in the, the mindset of a lawyer and your client says, I'm gonna if I'm gonna channel the dog, I can do it. It's just crazy enough to work. It's just crazy enough, <laughs> yes, to work. I don't I don't really know that you're going to you're going to be ready to jump on that one, right? Like what about this made her think that's a good idea? The, like, the I, script. I, right. <laughs> like cuz you have to separate it from what we know happens. 
to asking yourself why would you take a chance on on any of this right so they they, at all. they take the time to get lucky excited and then the you know connection happens and kirk cameron faces the jury the dog faces the opposite direction they show the dog objects and lucky identifies them and then out of kirk cameron's mouth so that's how they quote prove that Lucky is, or Kirk Cameron and Lucky have a psychic connection, and then Lucky sees uh, Lyle. Oh, but 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 wait, wait, wait! Before you get there, don't forget, Lucky then has a has like a what moral uh, <laughs> like speech that he goes on to the jury about how like that you need to live every moment because you never know when you're going to walk in front of a car. I mean, is it, is that not essentially what he said? Yeah. I, he, I could, he, I could be wrong. He calls the, the siblings like ding dongs or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. He really, yeah. again, that, the, here's the, here's the reason, the reason that he didn't leave the money to these three is because they're idiots or whatever, you know, essentially that's what he said. And again, Kirk Cameron is looking at human beings in a jury box doing his Batman voice and relaying all these, you know, dog thoughts to, to a jury. So again, he sold it, man. He, you cannot fault Kirk Cameron for not committing to the bit and, and really acting his heart out and collecting, collecting that paycheck. Sure. But after, after all that happens, Lucky sees Lyle, Sniveling Lyle, the big numbskull, um, dropping some antacids into a cup. And he has a flashback to the night of Mr. Bridges' death. Which we've already seen we, earlier in the film. We flashback to, but oh, this has sparked something in Lucky's brain. And we see Sniveling Lyle, the big numbskull, um, pouring a jar important uh, not a jar a, a pill bottle a meta a, a large a large medicine bottle with the word poison in with 72 the, with the point skull, aerial bold and, and the skull of crossbones on it just in case you can't read that <laughs> the, the dog could read I, it um i've never seen i've never seen poison that that looks like that have yeah, you i mean all, like all my poison know, has been very discreetly labeled <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, but I'm saying like, you know, if you buy, if you need like some ant poison or something like that, even rat poison doesn't say poison real big on it. Like nobody right. wants to and, have and a big in, thing that says poison in their house. It, it comes and comes in a medicine bottle too. <laughs> Oops. But anyway, um, Lyle, sniveling Lyle, the, the big numbskull, um, pour some poison into Mr. Bridges tea or coffee or whatever it is. Before they, you know, go outside for their walk and Mr. Bridges kills over and dies. And since Lucky flashback to that, that means Kirk Cameron flashback to that. And he accuses Sniveling Lyle, the big numbskull, in the courtroom. And Sniveling Lyle, the big numbskull, pulls out a gun in the courtroom. Yes, th that he suddenly, you know, like he's he's apparently been carrying not only not only has he managed to get his hand on a trank gun and a bunch of trank darts, but apparently on a, like a revolver or something as well. Yeah, he's got a real gun. And again, this is like another real hard right the movie takes where it's like, okay, yeah, the last part of this movie is going to be a we guy gotta create some stakes. He's going to this dude is going to pull a gun out in a courtroom. <laughs> So, 
Yeah, Lyle pulls the gun out because, oh, he's been caught. He doesn't try to, like, talk himself out of it. Literally, he's accused by Kirk Cameron and seconds later wielding a gun in a courtroom. The guy guy who simply said, Lucky doesn't know what that was, but I know what it was. That was poison. You poisoned him. Like, is that suddenly so... So simple to talk your way out of and at least get out of this room right now. The only thing he would have to say is no. Right. Exactly. Like, how can you? You're you're definitely not proving that right here, right now. And that's not what this trial is about. But no, instead, he's going to try to back out (laughs) of the courtroom with his weapon drawn. And then Lucky's going to jump him. And uh, there will be a gunshot in the midst of all of that. And yeah. then we'll think Lucky's maybe been hurt, but only his ear is grazed. And when the lawyer goes to touch his ear, uh, Dog Whisperer Kirk uh, yelps about his ear being touched because his ear got grazed, right? Mm-hmm. Again. Which, which by the by the way, so we rewind just a little bit here, okay? We've seen Kirk go into dog mode. I I don't know what do we want to call this. I, I, dog I don't mode call it, is as good as anything. I think. I, I think that's going to have to work because I was I was thinking you know like the Hulk he hulked out he dogged out just sounds weird dogging out sounds like I would need to look it up on Urban Dictionary <laughs> and I might not be happy with what I just said. Uh, so we're going to go with dog mode. Um, let's not look that one up because I I don't know it probably <laughs> means something too. But he we've seen him do this a couple of times throughout the throughout the film right. And every time he says, I don't know what I did. I just black out when the dog takes over. In the car, in the car, he says, what happened? And Uncle Phil tells him, you, you went on a little, you know, trip to doggy land or whatever he says. Right. And, and in, the, in the courtroom, when they're talking about pulling him out of the trash can, he says, I don't remember that. You know, like, and he's not saying it to the judge. He's whispering it. I think it was either to the dog or to Uncle Phil. Like, I don't remember that at all. So basically saying whenever he's in that that state, he doesn't remember. But yet suddenly when it's it's um, what uh, helpful for the script, he's able to to recall that, you know, sniveling Lyle uh, poured the uh, poured the poison into the cup. Like just very convenient, I feel like personally. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I did look it up, Brad. Dog mode is not in Urban Dictionary. So okay, good. So we can. So at least for this year, we can use dog mode. Uh, just uh, add a reminder to your, you know, because you apparently do reminders that we'll need to look it up and see if by next year we can still use dog mode. Good call. Good <laughs> or, call. or if it's no longer uh, no longer usable for us. So after we find out Lucky is okay, we cut to Kirk Cameron and Lucky living together. Um, oh no, we cut to Kirk Cameron buying a lawyer lady's daughter a dog because she wanted a puppy. But by the way, that's, that's how we find out that, you know, she doesn't have, or that she is not currently attached because the daughter tells Kirk that, um, what they can't have a puppy because the apartment doesn't have enough room and you can't, uh, what have a puppy, in an apartment, and Dad got the house. That was the other thing. Dad got the house, and Daddy's so, the and picture. then he goes, 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He says something like, oh, so not married. Like, oh, great. You know, <laughs> he just right. got told something that's pretty devastating for this child. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the like, kid okay, totally so cool. she's available. She's like, Dad the got way, the house. Actually, actually, for a, you know what? That's another thing. For a child actor, pretty good acting job, yeah. I think. I no, don't, not too bad. I don't remember ever looking at the doll. Like, I mean, she didn't get a lot of lines or anything, but I think she handled what she had just fine. I think that's a great thing to give a kid who probably hasn't acted very much. Not that many lines. Right, exactly. Like a lot of a lot of uh, you know, decom films could could probably take advantage yeah. of that. So, though a lot of them have very talented child actors. Uh please don't please don't misunderstand. Uh just not all of them do all the time. So, but then again, there are, there are adults who don't deserve a lot of lines either. So that's very true too. Oh, but we oh cut. Man. We but, basically after that we end the film with uh wink, the kid, wink. the kid having a dog, which you know means well, we're, it's we gonna can't, it's gonna stay at Lucky's house. Yeah, we can't have the dog, and yeah, then we cut to the the mansion, and everybody's you know having fun. A nice little song about being together plays and fade to credits. Togetherness. And then a bunch of other words I don't really remember. Because it just said togetherness yep. over and over again. They really want you to know that everybody's happy. Yeah. So looking at the looking at the IMDb for this film, uh, if you go down to the you know to the what soundtrack or or whatever soundtrack, yeah, uh, the only song listed is togetherness. So not even the one I he listens to in the bath. Nope, not even the one he listens to in the bath. That's the only one that gets. Uh, I guess that was a that's the only one that gets Lucky put in Dog here. original. Well, that's going to be homework it was, for next year. We got to figure out what that song is. Yeah, yeah, we need to figure out you know how we can listen to that on Spotify because I could, uh, I could, I could definitely use that. You know, over the and next year, the, the guy that wrote that song is going to get a check for two-tenths of a cent and go, who was listening to that song? Right. By the way, according to according to IMDb, referenced in uh, one TV episode of Outside Xbox, the tele- this television movie is mentioned. <laughs> I kind of need to look that up and find out in what context this TV movie was mentioned. Or was it just somebody who said, you lucky dog. <laughs> right. And... Some speech to text thing picked it up. Exactly. This must be a reference to you lucky dog. Obviously, no one would say that unless they were referencing this film. Yeah. Yeah, this 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 thing. Oh man. That's the movie, this, man. Oh. Oh. This was a This was a thing. So, let me ask you this. Didn't win any Oscars. Strangely. Strangely. Four million dollar budget says IMDb estimated estimated of course three but, million of that was Kirk's salary though. Well, I I assumed um, one point five million to Kirk, one point five million to Dirt, and then the rest of it for whatever else they whatever else they could use or something. I don't I don't know what was the what was the best part of this movie. The best part for me uh, was Taylor Negron saying. All we have to do is change the dog's name. I love I, that. I love that line so much. I really think that I might have to go with the with the chair. 
I always love that chair. See, and that is, the that is obliviousness that, is, that he had to what was going on. That is good direction and good writing. Once you figure out you've got that guy in the movie, you give him the good jokes because he will deliver them. And he yeah, did. because I appreciate it. Quite, quite honestly, I don't. Oh gosh, I'm trying to sit here and remember anything that Sniveling Lyle said. Oh my gosh! And then the other time when the guy, when the lawyer, uh, ups it to fifty percent, Taylor Negron goes, "Oh, that's almost half." <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> almost half. I forgot that. Yes, another great line. He gets all the good one-liners. He definitely, uh, he definitely got targeted for you know. The, that that was we need comedy relief for one of them and he's going to be comedy relief and by the way we're not saying that the other two uh actors weren't good they simply weren't well used uh yeah. for for this like there weren't a, there weren't a lot of lines to go around okay let's let's just put it like that there there weren't a lot of lines to go around and i don't know for a second there i was going to say what was the worst thing but gosh there's so many things I here here's what I'll say. Worst thing, the um sneaking around scene and the ungodly amount of time that it took. The break in is definitely the worst. Yeah. The, re- and the like rest said, of the it's movie, just the time. The the dog mode scenes are at least short. Mhm. And and are more uncomfortable than bad or boring, but man that break in was so boring. Just Okay, we get it. We get it. They're sneaking around, man. And at least Ruben's gun had the, you know, telltale orange tip on it to let you know it's not a real gun. But I guess it did shoot something, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it was just so much like it was you know what the problem was? It was trying to be physical comedy, but none of them were good at physical comedy. No, none of none of them were good at physical comedy and it wasn't the 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 beats of it were not good like there was no rhythm to the physical comedy either you add because you'd have you'd have one person get shot and then here's another i i honestly felt like 3 minutes of sneaking around to set up the next physical comedy bit so what if somebody you, else gets shot what if you took you took the same exact amount of time the same movements or not the same movements you took the same amount of time but replaced those three siblings with joe pesci and daniel stern from home alone i think that scene is great because those two had really good physical comedy and they could really sell breaking in and sneaking around and getting annoyed with each other for being too loud or or whatever like i think that whole break-in scene with a different team of people really would work I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. So I could, I could kind of see again. I think it, I think it needs some rewriting because I don't like. There has to be more line. I'm not going to blame the actors for poor writing, and no, I honestly no, feel no, like no. a lot of that is poor writing because it wasn't paced well and everything else. But yeah, there's like the part where Ruben steps on the uh, what the little squeaky toy, right, and it squeaks, and then he he whispers sorry, and that's all like. There should have been more to that. Well, and when when right? sniveling There's Lyle, no payoff. when sniveling Lyle, the big numbskull, and Ruben back up into each other, 
Sniveling Lyle, the big numbskull, gets mad at him and says, like, you know, would you please be careful, blah, blah, blah. And all Ruben says is, I was here first. And Yeah, it just... It's not I, funny. I don't know. It's not a joke. That's what it, that's what it, that's what a real life dumb person would say. And but that's not funny know, in this, a movie. It it had it had moments. It it absolutely and, did. And there were there were flashes of what could have been a good movie in here. But it is not a good movie. And those moments do not make it worth you sitting down and watch like i said go watch biodome if you want <laughs> to see if you want to see ruben you know because at least at least that movie's got got something to dude i just okay there's only maybe i don't know 15 reviews of this on rotten tomatoes and maybe that's why but this movie is like 62% on rotten tomatoes audience or critic there is, strangely, strangely, <laughs> no critic reviews available no of way. you, lucky dog. No critics were just running to to review this in uh, nineteen ninety eight when it came out. So yeah, just a handful of, but two hundred. Well, okay, so I guess only that many people wrote reviews about it because it says there are two hundred fifty plus reviews that it's using to get to that sixty two percent. Is it on Letterboxd? I don't I don't know. I haven't looked at it looked it up on Letterboxd. You should look up look it up on Letterboxd. <laughs> but here's we'll what I will that, here's we'll save what Letterboxd I will. for next year. Stay okay, tuned, everybody. That sounds good. We'll look at the Letterboxd good. reviews next year. But but I okay, Jeremy, because because Rotten Tomatoes uses and we'll we'll talk about Letterboxd next next year. But this year we'll 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 talk Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes uses one to five stars. Uh, and it does look like you can give half star ratings uh, within that. So, you know, essentially you have one to 10 to work from. But what rating does you lucky dog get on a, a half star to five star rating scale for you? Or I guess possibly no stars if that's where you wanted to go. I would give it a two, two stars. I think I'm going to go one and a half. Hmm. Lower, huh? Yeah, just slightly. I mean, I don't. I mean, yeah, it has its moments, but I just, uh, I have trouble. <laughs> I have trouble giving this this movie any credit for anything. But but I will I will tell you that you know of the people, like there are people who who rated this highly. There are a couple of a couple of five star reviews. They tend to be uh, one sentence, but there's a there's a nice four star review in here by Adam R who says, if you grew up with Disney Channel at the same time as I did, this should bring back fond memories. You Lucky Dog was one of the first of official Disney Channel original movies. The movie has some hilarious moments as Kirk Cameron is unable to control himself and literally behaves like a dog. For a television movie, it's quite awesome, especially when you compare it to what is being, what is being aired now. First viewing, late childhood. Four out of five stars. See, that's interesting that uh, their best parts were my worst parts. Because if they took all the dog stuff out and just made, remade this movie where he could just read the dog's mind and did not channel the dog. And one, maybe the dog does some crazy stuff by itself. Yeah, I cannot see how that would make any difference at all. Except for the 
siblings unsuccessfully trying to say that he was mentally, you know, unstable or whatever. But there would be then no. They could, then they mean... could just be trying to disprove that he could actually talk to the dog. So he was a he was a charlatan. There would be no meaningful plot differences if all he could do was read the dog's mind. You wouldn't have to be nearly as uncomfortable with it, right? Yeah, I. It's more I that agree. physical comedy. Kirk Cameron is not a good physical comedian, and it just. I don't. I don't even know if he's not a good. But like the whole thing just left me feeling very uneasy. So I guess yeah, maybe maybe that is what it is. I I don't know, man. This is. Why why are we doing this? Why are we doing this every this can can this be like we've we've had other things. We had the the decom movie reviews. Um we're we're a little bit behind on those. This was your idea. Uh, we had fun. I I had ideas. Me. Don't ask me why I've we're doing ideas. this. This was your idea. Why can why can we not be broken free from this? That's all I'm asking cuz I'm already I'm already kind of I'm already kind of feeling bad for future Brad cuz future Brad's going to have to watch this movie again. And and, Look, man. and try to think a- through it all over again. Apparently, all you have to do is just float the idea that we don't do it anymore to me, and I'll put a reminder in my phone without thinking about it, and we won't do it anymore. Okay, well, I'll keep that. I'll keep that in mind throughout <laughs> this upcoming year to to try to to try to sprinkle that in, and we'll we'll see what happens. But oh, we did it this year, man, and this is a this is a rough. A rough movie. Hey, Brad. Do you think all we have to do to make this podcast good is change the name to The Luckiest Dogs? All we have to do is change the name? Togetherness. The two of us together, it's the only place to be. Togetherness. No matter what the weather, you can always...